don't apologize because this is the Blacklight Podcast. Oh, dang. Are we recording? Yeah, I can restart it again, though, if you want. No, that's cool. Let's do it, man. <laughs> I don't uh, think I've ever introed the, the podcast before. <laughs> don't apologize. <laughs> uh, man, this has been, uh, we've been on a whirlwind of things. Like, uh, I feel like our listeners are probably like, they just talk about anything. And I think it's cool. I, I have gotten feedback from people saying, you guys literally talk about anything. Someone said that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's and they said that that's what they like about it, though. They talk about everything. Like, it's not really a, someone told me this. Um, they said, it's not, it's an, it, oh, actually, no, this is, this is for my wife. Hillary listened to our podcast for the first time last week. <laughs> and she said she was it's kind of a shame that it's like a photography podcast because you guys talk about so much other stuff <laughs> she's like I kind of want to hear more about the other stuff and I was like well you know we yeah. kind of have a thing that we're doing but she's like yeah I like the other stuff better well so, Hillary if you're listening uh, which she probably won't it'd be like three months before she hears <laughs> this if ever yeah well, but finish your thought though I guess yeah I think that's just it if if you're listening then that's then it's accomplished like we're talking about everything and anything even we're talking we're talking about you right now we're talking about you right now Hillary. <laughs> you're the topic uh man <laughs> we uh, we just got back from Vancouver it was crazy we're going not together but we're just happen happening <laughs> we, to go to New York for the same dates yes I'm gonna say I'll be there a little bit longer but we, oh, yeah, yeah, longer. yeah but we are both leaving for New York tomorrow yeah. Um, is going for a wedding and I'm going for a bit of family vacation and then I'm going to stick on Hills is going to drive or fly back with honor and I, I'm going to stick around and um, be teaching at workshop out in New York, nice. but we'll, our basic days overlap yeah. entirely, which is crazy. It's crazy. Are you going to try to record up there? I think we probably should. Yeah. Do yeah, something. I should probably do something. Yeah. It should be nice. Yeah. I, I'm supposed to get coffee with a guy. Maybe. I'll, anyway, I shouldn't talk about this. <laughs> uh, do you have, okay. Well, since this is going to be my first time going to New York with Hillary, mm-hmm. I've only, I literally only ever gone for workshops or for shooting weddings yeah. and all my weddings have been upstate. So do you have any go-tos that you're like, every time I'm in New York, I do this one thing or I go to this one place. Yeah. But, they're very specific to me. That's, yeah, that's yeah. fine. Tell so us about it. So for me, I'm very much a swing dancer, very much a chess lover. I'm not apparently I'm not great at it compared to Andrew Baker, <laughs> but uh, I love those things, and that's what I love about New York is whatever you're sort of into, the best people do it in New York, just like as they're hanging out, like the best people. So for example, I love going swing dancing, and so I can go swing dancing almost every night of the week when I'm in New York, and it's amazing. I have a lot of friends up there that are dancing. But then when you go out dancing, you see, like, Don Hampton, which is, like, one of the dancers who started the dance in the 20s. Like, she's still alive. Maybe not 20s, like, uh, in the 30s or 40s. She's still alive, and she's very old, but she's out there dancing. Or she'll at least just watch, and she might just say something to you offhandedly, like, Hey, you got the moves, son, or something like that. And, you know, she says it very offhanded, but you're just like, oh my gosh, John Hampton just talked to me. Oh my God. You know, like, and so whatever hobbies I think that you have, they are like, uh, it, it is ultimate in, for me, it's ultimate in New York. Wow. I, if I go dancing, I will just, anywhere I just go, I'll dance with some of the best dancers in the world, you know. By happenstance. Just, they're just there. Yeah. Like, I remember one of my favorite experiences, we went to, a nightclub to go swing dance. And somebody's like, oh yeah, there's this band that's going to do a jam uh, in New York. And it was like after, it was late. It was probably like, you know, like 10, 30, 11. We'd already gone dancing somewhere else. 
and it was fun. And we go to this like random bar inside a hotel. It was free to get in. It was real fancy in there though. And we're like, okay, whatever, it's cool. And then this uh, this these guys were playing like some instruments, nothing crazy. And then they're playing this really cool swing swing dance song. It's like like something like that. And uh, in walks this old man, and he's hunched over. His his you know his back is like curled, and he has a, a case. And you're like, what is this guy doing? You know, like. But he walks in very slowly. He sits down, and he, he lets go of his case, and his hands are curled, like almost like he has arthritis or something. Like his hands are like, just like his fingers are sort of curled up. Yeah, like talons almost. Yeah, yeah. And so he opens his case. And in his case, there's a trumpet, and he brings out the trumpet, and he he fits it into his hand like he it's his hand is like perfectly formed to fit the trumpet. That's why it was curled, and then he just without missing a beat, the the song is still playing, the band is still playing. He just brings the trumpet up to his lips and he starts playing. Like he never, they never say anything, they never talk. He starts playing, and he's one of the most amazing trumpet players I've ever heard. And it was like a really magical moment. For me, and that's what New York is for me. It's just like legit magic on the street for no reason. Like, you know, because everyone's going there because they think they have something. And if they make it or if they don't, they're still there, you know. And so that's what New York is for me. It's just like really, really great artists. And so that guy started playing. Uh, that was super smooth. And then like Blind Willie, the banjo player, came in. And this is a huge guy wearing overalls. I don't think he was actually blind, but he had on like sunglasses at night. And he just starts, he starts playing the banjo. And it was just like really, like for me, that's like one of the most amazing nights, you know, to listen to live music and then to dance with great dancers. Like that's really fun. And so, uh, yeah. Man, that's, that's like the, uh, that's like a five of five Yelp review for New York City. Yeah, no, like, and I don't even know where we went. I just go with where, where my friends are going. They're like, yeah, come to this place. You'll like it. I'm like, man, you guys, this is what your life is like all the time. You're just like, hey, let's go listen to Blind Willie and the Banjo Boys. You know, like, like yeah, for free. Like, yeah, let's go do it. Uh, and so that, and then I always played chess, like in Union Square or Washington Square Park. I always try to get there and play like, uh, there's a guy named Omar. He's a homeless guy, and he always beats me. But he all he'll all, he'll talk you through how he's beating you and all this stuff. I mean, I've beat him a couple times, but he's he's really good. And he'll just they they play so much chess in those parks that they've been through every single you know they know what you're doing. And so it's interesting to play them because they'll sharpen you up very quickly. Mm. You know, like they'll when you do something, they're like, "Why'd you do that? That's a stupid move." And I'll show you why it's stupid move. <laughs> and then they'll go like, see, see, see. I'm like, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's very, but it's awesome. Like that's. That's how that's, you learn. Yeah. And yeah. that's just like some random homeless yeah, dude. That's you know? so but cool. Spending hours in New York sitting at one of those parks just like chilling is like, that's fun for me. And so for you, if you know, you're into coffee, I don't know the coffee shops in New York because I'm not into coffee that much. Yeah. But if you go, you know. There's just, something for everybody, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was funny because last year we were at workshop. You know, yeah. we, we went together, and uh, I hadn't really spent. That was the most amount of time I spent in the city straight. Like, and we did something every single night. It was like, and I was like, first off, I was blown away. I was like, oh my gosh, I am not used to staying at this lake because I don't think we had a single <laughs> night where we were out. Or, Earlier, we came back earlier than one in the morning. Really? Which, yeah. What? When I was with you? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It was like every night it was like 
was late. That's late for me. I don't know. Maybe for y'all, it's not not late, but for yeah. me, it's late. And I was like, man, first off, New York is like it truly is this like city that never sleeps. That's um, what I love about it. Yeah, like, and that's but that's that, I think what was so captivating about it to me was that there is always literally always something going on at any time of the day or night. You can find something. And you can you, find hot food. For me, that's a huge <laughs> thing. Is you can find hot food now at any corner bodega. Yeah. And they'll make you a Philly cheesesteak or whatever you want, you know, like on the grill right there. It's fresh. I'm like, this is like, this is good. Like, it's not necessarily like super amazing, but it's good bodega food on the corner of almost every place. The thing I love about New York, every time you come out of the subway, no matter where you're going, if it's a new subway stop, it feels like a parade just happened. And you're just like, like, they're like little pieces of trash blowing in the wind, <laughs> you know, making those little loop-de-loops like yeah. from Charlie Brown. You know, like, you're like, what the heck is going on here? Like, what just happened? But it's just New York. It's yeah. like people are just going places, and you're like, where's everybody going? But it feels like a parade just happened. So I love, gosh, I every time I go, I think I'm going to move there, and then I go there, and then I wait until, like, a Thursday, mm-hmm. and it's, like, trash day in New York, which is literally the worst. I don't know if it's Thursday. I just know that. I'll I'll be there for like four or five days, and then one day, everyone just puts their trash on the sidewalk, and so the rats are like out during the day, just like hooray, this is paradise, and like it's super smelly and dirty, and and so I'm like, okay, I need to leave, I need to go back home. <laughs> but besides that, it's like, uh, man, I could talk about, and then food, uh, I could talk about food. My last the last trip I did in New York, I stayed at my buddy house uh his name's james anderson we've talked about him on the pod a little bit um and i just ate around his house and i had some of the best meals that i've ever had like some you know and that's the thing is i was just alone for most of that trip not really i had some friends that met up with me sometimes but like i just did a little bit of research and then went here you know went there had this like japanese breakfast place that was like like two two guys in the back jamming out to like 90s 90s hip hop music and they're and but the food they were putting out was phenomenal and there was like two tables of four and then a bar of four that's all they were serving and they wouldn't let you pay more than $20 the meal cost $20 maybe it was 25 you can't pay more you can't tip more and you know they're like no this is how much it costs this is what we do for you we set the price you pay the price but the line to this place was literally hours. Like I think I went there at like nine thirty, and they were like, "Yeah, if you want to sit down, you for one person, if you want to sit down, you'd have to come back at like two. I was like, "What?" what? So I I went home and I, I I worked on my computer. And I was like, "I'll wait for that." And then I went back and uh, I sat. I mean, I was by myself, but I had a really great meal, you know. And I don't know the name of the place because I think it was actually in Japanese. It was like a Japanese character. And yeah. I was like, okay, well, I just know that it's there. I don't know. that I can't remember the name. I can look it up, though. I, know, I think I posted about it. But, um, yeah, so meals like that, man, are just like like some of the breakfast spots are just phenomenal. Like, But that's New York. That's cool. You know, if you find the right people, they'll tell you, they'll tell you where to go and – Anyway, that's a yeah. lot of New York. That's a lot of New York. Uh, uh, oh, actually, I actually had a follow-up question about that, but we're going to take a quick break, and we'll ask the follow-up question.
we're back. Hey, guys. Um, okay, so we're going to jump right into this question I had for AD about New York. Uh-oh. Um, so with all the things you love about New York, the culture, the food, the inspiration, the people doing the, living their best life out there, how do you feel like that inspires, influences the way that you – or how do you feel like the way you perceive something influences the way that you photograph it? Because I feel like you have this like very, very um, romantic view of New York, and that's a good thing. But and I think that like also plays into how you would photograph the city or how you photograph a wedding there, because you have this yeah kind of a special relationship with the city, where you probably don't have to encounter some of the negative aspects of being there necessarily. Um, yeah, I'm just curious how, how that plays into an artistic expression of a place like that. Hmm. Okay. We're back, guys. <laughs> Levi. We took a break last week from Levi's seriousness <laughs> at Arc. And now we're back into it, diving deep. Um, I mean, I think some. I don't want to take a different spin on the on your question, but yeah, no, I'm very like inspired visually in New York, um, and so I think I shoot. Similarly, but the architecture is so different than anywhere I am. I am, and so the the light play is different. The you know the hustle of bustle is different, and so I think I can use the ideas of movement and then apply that to like my camera to get to try to encompass that. But I don't know that I definitely like I necessarily shoot in a grander way or a you know like the city becomes a character in your photographs Mm. just by, I don't necessarily have to make it a character. It just is because it's the, it's the background. Oftentimes I will make it a character. Like I'll shoot something so that you see more of the city. Sure. I definitely don't. Well, I will say I was shooting, um, now that I'm actually answering the question, I was shooting a same sex wedding and this was years ago. Um, and, it was in New York, and we were on the rooftop. And I don't necessarily, like, understand. I didn't, at this time, I didn't understand, like, the depth of the plight of uh, the same-sex couples or whatever. It wasn't like, oh, my gosh, like, I really have to fight for them. Um, I just knew that they wanted to get married, and that's my job. I didn't go any further into it, really. I thought about it, but we shot the wedding. But I knew that... Um, I knew that the city and the fact that they were in New York and I, that was the first place that passed it um, was a big part of their life. And so when I shot the, the, the photo, when I made the photographs, um, I made sure to include the city way more than I normally would. For example, I took a picture of the cake. It was inside in front of glass and through the glass, you could see the pier of the Empire State Building and it almost looks like it's the cake topper. Hmm. And I made, I did it very intentionally because I knew the city was an important part of their story. And so throughout the whole shoot, I was like making sure that I would include, I mean, the Empire State Building for me is very iconic, but whatever I could see in the distance to make it seem uh, very New York, like to tell a very strong story of their love and New York. That's like their love story. This was years ago though. Um, and I, I don't even know if I showed a lot of those photos. I think I blogged it, but, um, but yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, I think, I think that's just, 
It is more or less. I th- I'm just. I feel like when I go to some place that inspires me, visually or creatively, or just that I get a lot of life from being in that place. I think my, I think my photography is influenced by that because I have this, um, almost like a new well of creativity that I'm pulling from, mm-hmm. and it's which is why I've actually been so uh, eager to shoot a wedding in New York City. Just dropping that hint out there for the world. Um, you never shot a wedding in New York no, City. No, only upstate. You can shoot with me if you want. Um, on uh, vacation, yeah. I want to, but not that bad. You're welcome to shoot. You (laughs) you just want some New York imagery. Um, But but like just because I know that for me, whenever I'm in in New York, I feel this like energy that just I don't know how to how to describe it, but it's like unlike any place I've ever been before. Sure. And I guess I I felt similar energy. Similar. It's different though in places like London. Um, But there's just like this like magnitude and weight to it all. So, I don't know. Just a little side question from Levi. No, it's definitely there. It definitely is, like, it's one of the meccas of our time. You know, I, there's only one mecca of our time. But you know what I mean. Like, it in 100 years, there will be photographs of New York that will be so much more poignant than photographs of uh, of Denver. Or yeah. what, you know what I mean? Like, just the fact that it's a city and there are lots of people in this small space. Yeah. You know, it says a whole bunch, you know, just in time. And... and but it's also cool. Like, I mean, it, and not that I haven't seen the bad parts. I've seen the, the, the you know, butt cracks of New York City, I think. <laughs> like, I haven't been mugged or anything, but uh, speaking of butt cracks of cities, <laughs> <laughs> Vancouver has a butt crack. <laughs> like, we were, did we talk about this last time? No, I don't think so. About how Vancouver is like, there's there are parts of Vancouver in East Vancouver that reminded us of Gotham City. <laughs> we were like, oh my gosh, we need Batman. Like, <laughs> there's so much drug use in these streets. It was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, and what's crazy is that Van has a whole wealth of amazing things to offer. And actually, but the first actually the first time I was ever in Vancouver was about probably about three or four years ago, and. Um, we drove along East Hastings off the highway into like a gas town area. And that's kind of along the stretch that you're talking about. And that was my first, first time ever in a city, first impression of the city ever. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this place is so different than I thought it was. Yeah. And it was like, and my, my brother-in-law was with me and he was like, we need to get out of here. Right <laughs> now. And, um, but then we met up with, uh, that, so that was our, my base, basically first encounter. And then uh, maybe a year later we were in Vancouver with some friends and went to a couple different parts. And it was like the cutest, quaintest, most like adorable little city ever. And I'm like, Oh, Vancouver has a lot of variety to it. And so that's when I realized <laughs> that there was a lot more going on than just what we had encountered. But, you know, being back there last week, we got to see a lot of great stuff. I, I in particular, got to see a lot of awesome stuff in Vancouver. Uh, but we also happened to be an East fan for a minute. And there were some moments that are scary. Yeah, because I was just walking around. And I was like, oh, I'm going to take some night photos before before one of the ARC parties. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I heard people, like, like asking people for for hits, like, out loud. And I was like. Is this, are they not worried that I'm a police officer? Like, they're not worried about anything. They're just like, can I get a hit? Can I get, like, shouting it? And the guy's like, no, you can't get a hit. I'm like, what? You're a drug dealer? (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, maybe I live too pretty of a life, you know, but 
I was very surprised at this. <laughs> I was like, and then it just looked like people were just like, like very like strung out, strung out, like very. Yeah. It was not yeah. like just homeless people. This was like people like it was like Gotham City. It was like cartoonishly bad. Like it was like a caricature of itself. Yeah, like this. This isn't real because like, people like people who were. Again, like I think it's important to distinct to clarify. It wasn't just like, oh, this looks like a lot of people are homeless. It wasn't like that at all. It's like people here look like normal everyday people you'd expect to, to encounter. Like, hey, they're wearing, wearing a suit, but also, like, you're not walking straight, and you got like the crazy eyes, and you're like, and your face is yeah. like your skin's dragging, yeah. and you're like your arms swinging. Yeah. Like they, I was like, oh, oh, this is different. Yeah. Like I've never, not even New York, I've I've never no. seen it that bad. I, such a small area. I, I like literally I, when we were driving through the first time. I told my brother-in-law I said, I feel like we're literally inside of the Walking Dead, like the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> like everyone's like walking around, like they're strung out, like like the zombie walk. Yeah, and it feels like, like, yeah, it just feels. Like, and not, we're not li- we're not making light of it. Listen, it was an issue, but it yeah. was just like. Oh dang! We were like, not expecting that. I was not expecting because Vancouver is like Canada. Yeah. Hey, everybody's nice. Hey, you know, and uh, you get up, you know, and everyone is nice. Okay. Vancouver is a wonderful city, but East Vancouver, the place where we were, was just surprising. It, it was surprisingly rough. Like I was like, oh, I was not expecting this, mm-hmm. you know, like and such and so concentrated. It wasn't like two or three people. It was like twenty people a block, you yeah. know, or and more. it was like block after block. Yeah. And so it just kind of goes to show that uh, for every every glimmer of gold, there's also a shadow. What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's right, man. Everybody has a butt crack, bro. Everybody has a butt crack. <laughs> that's probably the better way. That's the more uh, on brand. <laughs> for every context. glimmer of gold, there's a shadow. Yeah. Is that what you said? Did you just make that up? No. There's, that's an actual saying? Yeah. Is that what thing. gold panhandlers gold say? Golden shadows. <laughs> for every glimmer of gold, there's a shadow, boy. <laughs> Uh, I always thought I always thought it was I also thought it was interesting that they don't have uh, Uber. Yeah, that was actually very surprising to me because Vancouver is a big city, and the fact that everything is built off of taxi system was crazy. Well, first off, what I think is insane is just the fact that there is no. Well, first off, the fact that Uber doesn't exist, there a ride sharing doesn't exist like that is first off like wow, man, these people must have really gotten into legislation together. They that's did. Like, that's what I heard. Right. Like was, that's that's yeah. yeah. That's what happened, but. What is also crazy is that there we download a few taxi apps. All of them have like one star on like the app store. There isn't a way to like prepay, which is fine with me, I guess. But like for example, one night we were going back to the uh, the hotel, and I put a, a call in for the the um, with one taxi service, and it said you're out to be there like in three to five minutes, and like fifteen minutes later, nothing. Twenty minutes later, nothing. So we got into the other taxi service and we you know, hailed a, a, a ride. And they were there like in two minutes. We hopped in that cab and we left. Mm-hmm. And then while we were in that cab, like five minutes later, I got a call or a message saying, hey, your taxi will be here. And so like that driver is just like going to location and there's like, and he's just going to be waiting for us or not. Like, I don't know what's going to, I don't know what the situation is, but like that seems like a tremendous waste of his time. Right. But, like I, especially because like if someone cancels on you or just doesn't show, like there's no way to charge them for that. So um, it's almost interesting that they don't just replicate what Uber did. Right. Like, why don't you just make the taxi app like Uber? Like, I think that I would even use, even in, in Colorado, I would use a taxi app if there was an app, an app that made it as easy as Uber. Right. I don't have anything against taxis, but Uber is just really easy. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, I don't have to. And then every taxi, they like, pull their credit card and pay. Like, I love about Ubers. I can literally be like, boom, open the door, and I'm out. Yeah, like, I'm there's done. there's nothing. It's, like, yeah. Yeah. I was in an Uber yesterday, uh, oddly enough. 
And the guy did not talk to me at all. It was very odd. Yeah. Like, like I said, hey, how's it going? He didn't say anything. And I was like, mm. and you know, when you're in Uber, you're the first question you, you want to ask is like, uh, why are you driving Uber? Or like, yeah, how, how long have you been driving <laughs> yeah, Uber? Yeah, yeah. So I tried not to ask that question. I'm just trying to like find other avenues of conversation, you know, because I always say, how long have you been driving Uber? Oh, yeah, three months. Oh, man. So do you do Lyft too? That's like all, that's always my conversation. <laughs> so AD's go to question. Yeah. Uh, and so. I, I didn't say anything, and I, in my mind, I was like, and I'm not trying to make this a racist conversation, but I was like, man, how funny it would be if I had a racist Uber driver. <laughs> <laughs> and in this particular instance, I decided to sit in the front seat. You know, like sometimes you sit, where, where do you sit? In I mean, Uber? I typically, so in the past, I would sit in the front seat, and I was like, you know what? But I feel like if you sit in the front seat, they're more inclined to talk to you. And, right. and more recently, I've been like, I don't want to talk to them. I'll sit in the right. back. So I've been sitting more in the back recently. I do it depending on where their front seat is. Like if they slide their front seat forward. Yeah. And like sometimes they'll slide forward so the back seat has more room. Right. Then I'm like, all right, they're cool with you sitting in the back. But if it if there's room and nothing in the front seat, I don't want to be that dude that's like chauffeured me. And so I'll, I'll sit in but the front seat. that's what you're paying them for. Yeah, but it's Uber. So it's kind of like you're like, right, it's friendly. You're right yeah. sharing. So I'm sure. like, sure, I'll sit. In. I don't do it often. But yesterday I was like, oh, I'll just sit in the front seat because the, there's a lot of room. It was like he almost pushed the chair backwards in order to give me room to sit yeah. in the front. So I was like, all right, I'll sit in the front. I was like, hey, how's it going? Nothing. And then. He didn't it, respond to your question. He didn't, if he responded, he was, it was very, very quiet. And I didn't hear it. And I asked him something else I can't remember, and he didn't respond. And that's when I was like, okay, something, he just doesn't want to talk. Four or five minutes, or there's like a six-minute ride. No radio, perfect silence. Oh, no, there's no music either? The entire ride was zero. We didn't talk at all. And so I got out of the car, and I I was like, hmm. How do I handle this? If he's like a racist Uber driver and he's just like stewing because I'm just like, hey, how's it going, dude? And just in his car. <laughs> then how do I kill him with kindness? Or he just is hard of hearing. I don't know. So I, when we stopped, I was like, hey, man. <laughs> you yelling at him? Yeah. So no, I, no, I just said it. I was like, thanks so much, man. Or I said, thank you, sir. Have a great day. You know, like yeah. I was being nice, but I was like, thank you, sir. Have a great day. And he was like, you too. And then it was fine. And, okay. and so I left. And But I think he just didn't feel like talking. He could have yeah. just been having a hard day sure. or whatever. But it well, was very funny. I was like, dang it. This relates to Uber in, in a very funny way. And I apologize because I'm going to throw Hillary under the bus for a second. Oh, no. But it is a funny story. It's worth telling. So on... Um, so Baker is having a, a party or get together on yeah, man, I missed it, birthday, yeah, uh, or a park burger, and so uh, yeah, so we had all this text, and so I, you know, I told Hills, oh yeah, because it hit uh, Baker's wife, yeah, texted yeah. us all and said, hey, we're having this party for Andrew. Um, so I texted him back. He texted us, you know, individually, and so I was like, yeah, we'll be there. So we go and we you go to Park Burger, um, and it's me, Hills, and Honor, and because it's so hard to park over there on Walnut, like. I dropped Hills off in honor, and then I, I like circled the block, and she called me, and she's like, "It's guys." She's like, "It's guys only." Dang so it. she's like, and she's like, "I don't think they saw me, but you you need to go in here and check and sure make sure that's the case. And if that's the case, me and Honor are leaving, and you gotta you gotta take an Uber home." <laughs> she's like, "I don't think they saw me," and so she Gosh. goes. So I came back around, and it happened to be, like luckily a spot like right in front of Park Burger. I stopped. Hills got in the car, and she's like, "Text me if it's just dudes." And I walked over and I was like, hey, guys. Like, So, like, Baker, man, like, w- is your whole crew here? He's like, no, nah, like, they're at home. And I texted Hills, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 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 abort, abort mission. Yeah, Get out. Yeah. And so she sent me, like, just a, a peace out emoji. And she, like, is gone. 
which is just a hilarious like like turn of events and stuff. So she she laughed. She's like, "Did they see me?" I was like, "I don't think so. I think you're good." <laughs> so it was very funny. Uh, but then I had to get uh, a lift or Uber home, yeah, yeah. and so I got a lift home. And same kind of thing. I sat in the back, um, and the dude was like, "Hey," and then he didn't say a word at all, like nothing. Oh. And but it was kind of nice. I was like, you know what? I don't really want to talk anyways. So it was kind of perfect. Yeah. And then I got to my place. I was like, thanks, man. He's like, yep. Have a good night. And that was it. It was what, like, was there music? There was music playing though. So it was like. Way yeah. more normal. If it was a taxi, I don't expect to talk to Oh, exactly, taxi. yeah. But I sat in the front seat, and yeah. then he still, it was just, there's no music. So we just, I was like tr- trying to not talk to him. Right. I was like, all right, he don't want to talk. I'm just going to be quiet. I'm like, hey, all these conversation topics were coming to my head. You know, oh, man, look at the weather. You know, <laughs> nothing. I said nothing. I would have just been curious to have you just making up things like, do you ever wear jeans with holes in them? Like yeah. random questions. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just like, what the heck? Just to pick up conversation. Do you know what a parakeet looks like? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I've been scammed by a pyramid scheme. <laughs> um. Man, no, dude, I've been sitting. So I drive a Subaru Outback, and I remember I was sitting at an intersection in Denver, looking at my phone because uh, I needed directions or something. And this guy was across the street uh, with some of his friends, and he waves at me. And I, I look up, and I was like, I don't know that guy, but whatever. <laughs> I, I wave back. <laughs> And he's a friendly guy, y'all. Yeah. What am I supposed to do? If someone waves that you're not going to wave back at them? Like, I was like, all right, what's up, man? You know? And then I look back at my phone. Next thing I know, somebody's getting in my back seat. <laughs> some girl, and they're, they're trying to put luggage in the trunk of my car. But for some reason, one of my car doors was unlocked. I don't know why, but one of the girls got in and was, like, shuffling it in the back. And I, I was like, oh, my gosh. What are you doing? <laughs> She's like, aren't you Oscar or Uber? I was like, no, I'm not Oscar. Get out of my car. <laughs> like, do you know any, first off, do you know any black guys named Oscar? Second yeah. off, why are you getting in my car? Do you oh, see like, any Uber stickers over here? Yeah, it was so funny because I was like, oh, they thought I was their Uber. And I, I see how it all played out from their side. Because I, re- I literally was just like, he waved at me. And I was like, yeah, hey, man. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, it would have been awesome though, if you just took him to wherever you were, they were supposed to go. Yeah, yeah. And like, like, have a great day. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. They're like, oh, we're so sorry. We're so sorry. Like, yeah, you are. Get out of here. <laughs> like, it's so funny. Just random. Someone randomly just getting into your car. Well, have, okay. That that is that. Is, first off, I've never had that happen, and I want that to happen to me. Just I think it'd be a crazy. You want experience. someone to get into your? Yeah, car? or just randomly just be like, "What are you doing here? Get out of here!" <laughs> I think it'd just be like this crazy story. But if you ever go down like Uber Pool, or you're riding with strangers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did it once. I will never do it again. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. What, what happened with you? So, like, no, nothing crazy. It just was like, the first time I ever did it, we were in Paris, and it was me and Hayden, and we, um, and there was, like, three other people, two other people in our car. So, like, mm-hmm. a big, like, a packed car, and all these different little stops. And at first, I, I had done Uber Pool, I think, but I didn't really register that I'd done it. And then it was like, oh, wait. This car, this ride has other people in it, and it kind of clicked. <laughs> oh wait! <laughs> and then we were like, dude, I'm like, and I was like, this we're not supposed to stop here. Why is there another person getting yeah. in my car? <laughs> and then it clicked, and it was just like a, a random occurrence because they were like, and but the people that got in my car were really nice. They were like, were um, they're they're from London and are visiting, you know, for like a party or whatever. So it was just it was it was a pleasant experience, but it was also just disarming because it was like, oh, this is not what I expected. Um, but it sounds like your experience was not pleasant. Mine wasn't, un, it wasn't bad. It was just, I think I was going to the airport and oh, I was sure. like, I'm going to give Uber pool a, a chance or whatever. And the guy, the driver got lost 
and he going to the it, airport. Well, no, he couldn't. He was oh to the other person. He was trying car, to find yeah. the person, and yeah. he couldn't connect with them. And so me, not that I was on like a tight schedule, but I was like, I don't want to sit around looking, waiting for you to. Yeah. You know, like he's calling them. Where are you? I'm like, I'm like, oh no 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 no. You need to start driving. I didn't right. realize it's gonna be like this. Like you're going <laughs> all these random ways to pick people up. Like and so. <laughs> I just it's remember, like a bus route. Yeah, like, <laughs> I was like, oh, I didn't think it was going to be like this. I was yeah. just thought people were going to be waiting outside like me. But he was like, where are you? I can't find you. We were probably waiting for like seven minutes. Oh, which, wow. You know, when you're paying attention to time, it right. lasts 10 minutes or, you know. I mean, I think it also goes to show, too, like, you recognize that not everyone has the same etiquette that you do. Like, for sure. me, if an Uber person, like, I'm waiting by the front door. If I see the Uber come down the street, I walk outside. And then it's like, it's probably like 60 seconds between with them pulling out of my street and me being in their car and yeah. it, they, they turn around on our street typically. And so I'm like, Oh yeah, I w- I'm not going to waste your time because I don't want to be inconsiderate. But you realize that not everyone has that same mentality. They're like, Oh, my Uber's here. Let me just like throw on some breakfast real quick and then I'll come out and we can, you know, whatever. Um, and just not everyone has the same approach that like, yeah, the Uber's here, get in your car and go. Yeah. Especially if it's a pool. If it's a pool, I feel real bad. Just like, but actually, that was the thing too. We def- definitely waited around for one of the people we were waiting for. I was like, "Why are we sitting here waiting and doing nothing?" Yeah, like I'm not like I don't want to wait. I, I was kind of like, I don't think saving two bucks is worth me yeah. like waiting around for like ten minutes for some rando and then going to a different location to drop them off and then so we can drop. You know, anyways. Have you switched from Uber to Lyft? I have. Yeah. You only use Lyft. Now? I only use Lyft. Yeah. Because of the scandal. Because of like the scandal stuff, the sexual assault and the harassment stuff with Uber. Yeah. Now. Knowing that the people who were in charge of that, they've all been fired, right? And, or let go, or whatever. And now the culture is different. Does that change anything for you? Do you still feel like your dollars are 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 protesting well? I mean, that's a great question, actually. Um, I do feel like now that that stuff has has happened and it has been replaced, I'm more open to using Uber, and mm-hmm. I will use Uber from time to time if like there's a problem with Lyft or some places don't have Lyft in their location. Um, I prefer Uber to Lyft overall, honestly, mm-hmm. but I I just feel like it's a, a way to, to vote with my money is to try to go with Lyft. I'm not like exclusively Lyft. Like I, I, I was at the time when it happened, I was like, okay, I'm not going to ride Uber at all. Yeah. So now I'm not. Um, but This is a tough sell, you know, because they, hey, I'm sure you heard that podcast, uh, for, I think it was an NPR podcast or something where they were talking about the effectiveness of protest, or, or, of protest right. and how they're very rarely effective hmm. um, because there's because of all these reasons. But one of the examples was the Chick-fil-A protest. Sure, where, yeah. You know, uh, Chick-fil-A said something that was pro-marriage, uh, right? No, no, no. Hmm. It was like against same-sex marriage or something. Yeah. I can't remember what they said. Yeah, something like that. I don't remember. But actually, just scratch that because I don't think they – I don't know what they said. I think they yeah. said something about marriage and same-sex people were very upset. And so they were like, we're baiting – we're not going to go uh, to uh, – we're going to protest Chick-fil-A. Yeah. But everyone that was pro-Chick-fil-A were like, oh, really? <laughs> we're going to go to Chick-fil-A. And so Twice the, as much. Yeah. <laughs> so the lines to Chick-fil-A were like out the door. And yeah. so they actually got a surge in sales as opposed to getting like a – like so the protest did the opposite mm. of what they wanted to do. And same thing with Nike with the whole Colin Kaepernick mm, yeah. thing. Yeah. That for like – I think when they made the Just Do It – Colin Kaepernick thing for uh, for maybe like the first quarter reporting or like maybe that day or something there was a dip and people were like see what you did 
and then it like skyrocketed. Yeah. It like you know, like it just went crazy. I don't. I'm I'm not giving facts here, guys. So don't quote me on this. <laughs> and then it skyrocketed. <laughs> That's what AD said on the Black Light podcast. Um, don't. This is not a news outlet. Yeah. So don't come here for any of your news. We are not the or news. media. Yeah. In yeah. fact, this is probably all fake. This is probably all yeah, fake news. I'm just making all of it up. I, just, <laughs> I literally just heard it from someone. I can't wait for two years from now when we can uh, talk about the, the political race and just make up random facts. Yeah. About <laughs> um. Yeah, and but then but that protest didn't it didn't do anything, and then now you don't even hear about it. And so, but I'm sure some protests worked. Like they were they in that podcast that I was listening to, they were talking about like uh, um, when they were protesting the bus system back in the day for the civil rights movement, and <clears throat> that maybe that one worked, but mm-hmm. it was over a very long amount of time, and right. the reason that it might have worked might not have been directly because of the protest. It might have been some other factors, you know? Yeah. And so it's just like this interesting, like, oh, dang. Not that, you know, like, who's getting hurt when we protest Uber? Or, or you know, is it the people who work for Uber, which are the people that got hurt in the first place? Right. You know, like, the people who work were the people who had the sexual harassment thing in the first place. And so I do agree with voting for our with our dollars and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not going to, you know give my money towards an unethical company, but, um, yeah, I think, I I think it raised a lot of questions. I I think the biggest question is always like, who does this hurt? Yeah. Because realistically, um, it probably hurts the employees the most because the people at the top, they don't, it doesn't really affect them unless it's, unless it's a huge surge of of things. Yeah. But I think it comes down to saying like, also like when is it appropriate to like end a protest, so to speak? Like for example, you, you stop spending your money there and then like the, the management is replaced and say, like, okay, now you can go back to supporting the staff and employees that are there because the leadership was, you know, was fired. Um, and that's kind of, that's ultimately like, right. The, the, the ultimate goal of the process, the protest like that is like, let's get the people who are need to be out of here, out of here. Right. And once they're out of there, it's like, okay, but we can go, you know, it's business as usual. But I think that's even, that's important too, is that sometimes there isn't a clear end goal right, yeah. in protesting. There's just like, listen, I don't, say don't protest i think sometimes you know things need to be heard you know but just wondering about like okay did you know the end goal and, you know I'm, I'm not i'm not singling no, out, yeah, yeah. But, you I, know, I think it's a great, great you know question. like oh i'm protesting until or yeah. just protesting for yeah. now right. you know and then and then what happens when you need a ride and right. you're like oh i'll just take uber you you're know right. Like, you're right. <laughs> yeah and there's know, also like, i think it's a great question it kind of says like how staunch are we going to be with our, our protests so to speak yeah um I feel like for me, it's been, I've been trying to do more things that are just day-to-day stuff with my money that I can be better about and not like make it a big deal necessarily. Like, mm-hmm. you know what, if I value something, I should put money towards it. So sure. the things, two, like, two things that are really important to us right now that we're trying to just like be mindful with our money is one, just like supporting local businesses and supporting um, like small mom and pop shop kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Whether that is just a small, like a cool like boutique or like, you know, this like there's this, um, you know, it's a restaurant near our house. Uh, they make the best breakfast burritos. It's owned by, you know, a, a Latino family and they've been here for a long time. Are you talking about AJ's lounge or whatever that place is? I don't think so. It's next to, uh, the place on Pecos. Like no, 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 that, that there's not that it's actually on 44th next to King state. Oh, okay. It's like a little, it's like, we should go there for breakfast burritos. It's good. They make the best breakfast. I, I love the breakfast burritos. The breakfast burritos are delicious. You could say it's the best. I, I mean, don't know if it's, I don't know if it's the best, but they are delicious. Do they have potatoes? Uh, they do. I don't. I don't like it. Well, you can get it without potatoes. Uh, I don't know. Whoever would decide to put potatoes in a breakfast burrito? Well, how about we go there and find out sometime? I'm just saying, potatoes are disgusting. What? 
Potatoes. They're like this vapid waste of space. Are you kidding? Potatoes Potatoes are like the best food ever because they complement everything. First of all. Everything deserves a potato. No. First of all, potato on its own does not stand up. All right? A potato is like, and excuse my words, but they're like the cancers of the earth. Like if I was to have dug years ago and I was like, oh, I'd be like, oh, the earth is sick because it's making this (laughs) nasty white mass, you know? And the fact that somebody was like, they bit into it, they're like, hmm, I should boil that. And then after they boiled it, they're like, hmm, this is still disgusting. (laughs) Like, like they should have boiled it and been like, hmm. I think we should we should just not eat these because they don't taste okay. good. What about things like at all? French fries, French mashed fries, potatoes. French fries. What are you eating when you eat French fries? You're eating fried grease. You're not eating the French fry. The potato part is lost. That's why French fries are delicious. <laughs> all right, the the potato part is lost. Now, when you're eating uh, mashed potatoes, have you do you ever eat plain mashed potatoes or do you put milk? And butter. I put butter and, in there. Yeah, man. salt and pepper. That's the what thing. you're eating. You're eat, it's a conduit. Exactly. But the, the conduit the itself is, is a base the, of no, no, nothingness, potato, a, a base no, of vapidness, no, no, and no, it's disgusting no, and it's no, trash. No, it's trash. No, no. The potato is the catalyst. It is the vehicle to transport these things. It's a, why it, can't you have a nice vehicle like white rice? Oh my gosh, white rice is delicious. White rice is delicious. But here's the thing. Okay, would you would you just make a bowl of butter and milk? And some salt and pepper, and just eat that. If I had to do that no, before you, I ate a potato, yes. You take that that mixture of things that are man, you don't want to eat them on your own, but you use that, that vehicle potatoes all mashed up, and you you knead them in together so that they are one thing, and you, the, then it becomes this transportation vehicle where it goes from <laughs> onto your plate, this butter and milk coagulating into something wonderful, <laughs> and that. Oh, uh, mm. kneading potatoes. That just sounds like okay, well, sounds like horrible work. <laughs> <laughs> the whole point of this was talking about voting with our money. Let's go back to that. So anyways, breakfast burritos, leather breakfast burritos. We go there and we buy our burritos and we say, here's our money. We also go, our big thing that for us is like buying ethical clothing. So either buying Ethical things, clothing? So basically buying things that are either one, made in America, two, have open supply chains um, where we can kind of track like as best as we can because it's very hard with clothing. Just be totally candid about that. Uh, ethical standards that they have for their factories or for their workers or employees, etc. Um, so basically we're working with brands that we that don't employ slave labor or child labor in their practices mm-hmm. um, or buying secondhand in general. And so those are things that are important to us. We, we don't buy secondhand? No, nope, we do buy secondhand. You do so buy We buy clothing secondhand, secondhand yeah. um, or buy from brands that like can support ethical labor practices. Um, and again, that is, while those are things that are important, they're, it's so hard to get all the way back down because like where you source cotton from is like such a freaking hard thing to like identify. Like where is this cotton from? So we do the best that we can. We're working hard on it. We, we've limited a lot of things that we do buy, but all this to say is we spend our money on things that are important to us. Okay. And so all, but with that, all that to say is like, for me, I think that protest, so to speak, is something that's, like, we're not changing the world. We're not like looking for everyone else to change their practices. It's like, this is things that we can do just to be more mindful because that, we just want to be mindful. We want to like, take action with that. Um, and it's not huge things. They're not like things that are changing the world, but they're small things that we can get behind the, we're not really looking for someone's approval or, or for things to necessarily change. Um, but we're just looking for like, how, it's not so much how can they change, but like how can we be different? Mm-hmm. So I think that's what we're saying is like with our protests that we're trying to do is like how do we create the change that we want to promote? 
Um, and whether that changes the industry or not isn't the point. The point is that we're mindful. You're giving me a lot of ideas. Hmm. Like, like serious things that I can probably implement. Because I, I don't think that I think through, like, oh, who made this? Yeah. Does that person eat potatoes? Because if they do, <laughs> there's no way that I'm going to buy their clothes. <laughs> I'm going to start doing my research, and I'm not. I'm taking a stance right here against the potatoes, potato eaters in the world. Okay. Yeah, because there needs to be less potatoes. And I'm not uh, not minimizing what you're doing. That's that's actually very important. But this is important to me. I'm passionate about it. I hate potato eaters. Okay, you should. So, I think you should boycott every restaurant potato. that serves potatoes of any kind. Yeah, done. Deal. Okay. Done. Perfect. Done. Done. All I right. will not eat any rest. I will not eat it. Hear me, world. Hear me, restaurant okay. tours. If you serve potatoes at your restaurant, listen. I want to make a distinction here. No, no, no. There should be a distinction. No, there's a distinction. There's a clear distinction okay. between a potato. And a sweet potato. Sweet potatoes are amazing. Okay. <laughs> that is fair. Sweet potatoes are delicious. Yeah. Just I, I would eat that almost raw. But regular potatoes, you know. Yeah. Uh, okay. So are you going to keep this this uh, in New York? When you're in New York, if the restaurant serves potatoes, you will not eat there? No. <laughs> my, my boy kind of stuff. <laughs> I couldn't even joke about it. I thought about it. I was like, I can't. You can't even. You can't even commit to this on the podcast. You know, no, people are gonna ask you about it. And yeah, you're, not like, gonna be, you're not gonna be strong enough. I'm definitely gonna eat at restaurants with potatoes. Actually, I don't know. I don't you might even eat, eat some potatoes. I might eat a lot of sushi. Listen, I'm I'm lear- I'm working on it. I'm trying to eat more potatoes. Like I different. You know, trying to understand what makes other things beautiful to other people. And seriously, that's like. A thing for me. So I'm like, all right, why do you like your potato? Okay, you like it because of this? All right, let me try it and mm-hmm. think about that, and then hopefully it'll do you, I'm assuming this is something you also will hate, but do you like yucca, like yucca fries? I don't necessarily understand yucca fries either. Mm-hmm. Like the first time they were like, yucca fries, yucca fries. I was like, okay, like let's let's try it. And I was like, this tastes like a potato. Good, <laughs> good try, but no. Like, <laughs> Almost like, got me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this tastes bad. But it's not bad. I know a lot of people eat it, and it's, you know, it's, it's you know, whatever. Uh, but no, I, I'm not a fan of yucca fries. There's another thing that I don't like that a lot of people eat. That's another starchy sort of plantain. It's not yams. It's like a ah, I can't remember the name. Nigerians eat it a lot too. It's like a cow cow, or like oh, that's a, the PNG thing for it. But it's like a it's like a purple sweet potato. Mm, no, it's like yucca. Mm-hmm. It's just not called that. Oh, I think do you do you use it with like and you use it in your hands like you scoop things with it? No, no, no. That's like. That's fufu. Fufu. Or yeah, yeah. There's different versions of like ground yam or ground uh, pounded yam or rice flour or that looks like mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, I like that stuff. Like fufu? Yeah, fufu. That's one of my favorite foods. <laughs> yeah, I can eat fufu. But what's very interesting about fufu is where I'm from in Nigeria, you're not supposed to chew the fufu. In fact, if you chew the fufu, the, the fufu is just a conduit for the sauce. So you it's just, literally a vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. But if you chew it, it's not necessarily, especially the certain ones, they're not necessarily great, you know? So maybe that's what it is for me. I'm, you know, going into it. As a as a youth, I had to learn to not chew fufu mm. in order to like it. And so when I was given mashed potatoes, I chewed it, and I was like, this is gross. It's like chewing fufu. Yeah. I don't like it. But I love eating fufu because the sauce is so amazing. Mm. So Maybe you... You need to look at mashed potatoes as the foo foo of America. It is America's the foo foo of America, fufu. but it's it's not 
I mean, it's just that you have to put so much in it to make it good. It's just like... Because I feel like fufu on its own just tastes like nothing. Well, it depends on what the fufu is made out of. Pounded yam fufu, I could probably eat that okay. by itself. I don't think I've ever it's had pounded yam good. fufu. Yeah. But rice flour, I like rice, but it's, you know, depending on how it's made, yeah. you know. I think I've only had rice flour fufu, yeah. where it's just like, scoop it up, put some other stuff on there, and like... Yeah, and don't like, make that noise, please. But <laughs> <laughs> and I was kind of like, this just feels like like a container of rice like a, that you just are scooping. Eat with your hands. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, but I, that's, I mean, by the same time, no one gave me proper fufu instructions, so that could be my own flaw. How did you eat it? How did you come to have it and not? Um, my uncle was married at one point to this a woman. She's from Tanzania. And so we had a Thanksgiving at her house, and she was like, Tanzanian Thanksgiving. So we had all kinds of stuff. And so she had fufu as the, and then she had a bunch of other Tanzanian dishes as mm-hmm. well. So when I was in AmeriCorps, um, they were, I think they were trying to like be inclusive of everyone. And I was like, you know, Nigerian black guy from, you know, <laughs> and so I was different. And I just remember like my, my boss coming up to me. Like my unit leader, someone came up. He's like, "Hey, what would be like a Nigerian meal? You know, like what's a normal Nigerian meal?" I was like, "Oh yeah, some fufu, some red sauce, or something. I just said it, some plantain. I just said it very quickly." Mm-hmm. And then, like two weeks later, they were like, "We're having Nigerian day in the whole cafeteria." And so the caf- the people in the cafeteria, for like two hundred and fifty people, they made fufu, but they didn't ask anyone <laughs> how to make it. <laughs> And so all I remember was going, and everyone's like, oh, Eddie, are you excited about Nigeria? And I was like, I guess so. And then all the things I had listed were, were on this menu, and but the fufu was, like, lumpy and disgusting. Because they just, like, researched it online. Yeah. They're like, all right, we do this, we do this. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. And so when I got it, I was like, I was so excited to get there. When I got there, I was like, yeah, this isn't how you make yeah. fufu. This is, you know, the sauce is very important. They didn't have, you know, they didn't have understand the touch. it. Yeah, they yeah. You know, it was very interesting. But. That is funny. And especially, I feel like plantains, like, I'm not sure how you would normally prepare plantains, like, in, from, like, in, within your culture. Um, but, like, there's a billion ways to prepare plantains. Yeah. And so it'd be so easy to be like, oh, we'll just make some plantains, but well, make it, like, just whatever way and not make it right. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways that people make plantains. In Nigeria, I'm sure, mm-hmm. around Africa, yeah. there are different plenty of different ways but my favorite is just like slicing them you know like a quarter of an inch or half an inch thin and uh frying them up you have to eat the plantain this is the trick to plantains because people are like plantains are gross you have to eat it when it's over ripe right don't yeah yeah wait is that a thing people people try to eat plantains like a banana they try to eat not like a banana they'll try to cook it when it is as ripe, yeah, as a banana, it, it's a it's right point as like a banana, right. ripe. Yeah, and I remember going to the grocery store, and they would have plantains, and then you'd see the guy taking them off the shelf mm-hmm. and throwing them away because you know someone's someone someone somewhere is asking them for plantains, right? But they don't understand that plantains are very not bad, but normally you're eating them when they're overripe, so right. you have this like extra sweetness when you fry them, you know. But if you wait. But if you throw them away when they're ripe, like a banana, mm-hmm. banana's ripe, if that's when you eat them, right then, it'll be really hard and disgusting. Yeah, they'll just be like, well, there's no, there's no sweetness to it. And so you'll see them at the grocery store, like, take them off the shelves, right when everybody who likes plantains is like, no, 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 that's what I want. Right. And so I think slowly people are coming around. But, like, if you go to, like, an Asian grocery store or, 
or a Latino grocery store, they'll, they'll, they'll know. They'll have it right, yeah. Yeah, they'll know to yeah. keep it over right. But yeah. if you go to, like, King Supers or Kroger or something, they're like, we had plantains. It's just like no one buys them. It's like, no, you just... It's you're pulling them from the shelves at the wrong time. Right. Like you can't buy plantains today to eat tonight. Right. You have to buy them. Oh, I think like typically we'll, we'll, we will buy them green or not green, yeah. but like yellow. But we just like keep them for like two you weeks keep them until they like get ready. Yeah. Yeah. And then we make them into awesome desserts to so refry them up. Yeah. Um, I do love plantains. Those are delicious. All right, we're gonna take another quick break and then we're gonna wrap it up with some photo talk. I don't know if we will. Maybe we won't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Who's to say? I never know because AD makes these calls on the fly. I'm like, okay, maybe we're not going to talk about that. All right, we'll be back. So we spent the entire uh, break here talking about barbecue and restaurants, and AD was asking about whether or not I truly didn't know his dislike for potatoes. So we kind of sorted through some of that emotional baggage that he carries. Um, <laughs> With that, though, uh, we also, we're not going to talk about photography today. Uh, we will talk about film and digital and shooting film in the future, but that day is not today. Because yeah, we were going to talk about it, but then I was like, man, this has been long. It's been you long know? enough. People are like, oh, this podcast, you guys are podcasting for so long, oh my goodness. No, actually, I think people actually <laughs> like long podcasts. I don't know. I don't know what you We don't like. really know what people like. <laughs> we're just doing it. But I think we're going to talk about photography and like uh, film versus digital um, and what we think about it and all that kind of stuff. Because I think we've both been shooting some film lately. Yeah. You know, you've and, been shooting film for a bit. But. And uh, the fact is we're not, neither of us are um, serious, what's our experts on film. So we're probably people that shouldn't be talking about it, which is exactly why we're talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. uh, this is the Blacklight Podcast. We will catch you at a later point in time. Maybe New York, maybe not. Oh, I wanted to say, and now back to our regular scheduled program. Oh, yeah. In the beginning, when we started this podcast. Okay. But I forgot. Okay. So, well, this is now that you listen to the whole thing, we're back to our regularly scheduled programming. Actually, not. I mean, tomorrow, next time, we'll probably be in New York. Possibly, if yeah. If we're recording in New York. So, who's to say? But thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you soon. Out.